Alright, playoff time is finally here. And this is the End Time Puck Talk Podcast, episode number 7. This is actually new territory for me and Flager, as this episode is being recorded on Sunday, April 7th. And obviously, alongside me is Andrew Flager. Andrew, how are you doing today? Pretty pumped up. Playoffs are here, baby. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And before we uh, talk about like our playoff predictions, because this episode will be dedicated more so to the playoffs, we're just going to be talking some hockey news that happened in the last week. And the first news of the week is not happy news to me and Flager. Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, it's not, it's not yeah. new news to anyone either. Exactly. <laughs> Three weeks yeah. in a row. Uh, Lundqvist and, did not hit the 450 win mark. With that. Yeah. Uh, well, Thomas and I were talking about it a little bit before we started recording, but um, originally I was pissed off with David Quinn's decision not to start Lundqvist in a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday um, because obviously Lundqvist is sitting at 449 career wins right now, and he ended up starting Georgiev over Lundqvist in both of those games. I'm not sure why, but then I ended up going back to uh, look at the Rangers' schedule, and Lundqvist actually ended up playing against New Jersey on Monday and Ottawa on Wednesday last week, and he lost both those games 4-2 to two and 4-1. to one. So Lundqvist did have his chance, I guess, to get that 450 win mark. He obviously didn't have the offense to help him out. But, um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of upset that he didn't get it this season. We're going to have to wait another year now or another until next season. Yeah, that sucks. And, yeah, that's a weird decision on the coach's part to put your give in a back-to-back position to end the season, even though he probably knew Lundqvist was at 449 wins. And I think the franchise knew that he was at 449 wins. I'm sure so, everyone knew, yeah. Exactly. So weird decision on the coach but yep we're gonna have to wait till next year to see Lundqvist reach that milestone other news Thomas Leafs played the Habs last night and the Habs 2017 first round pick Ryan Poling scored a hat trick and the shootout winner in his NHL debut last night against the Toronto Maple Leafs thoughts on that well obviously it's against the Leafs everything happens against the Leafs and yeah, Ryan Penling looked so good last night. Like he remind like he didn't remind me of McDavid, but his speed was absolutely incredible to watch. His first goal wasn't that good. It went off his skate. I mean, what are you gonna do? The second goal went off the crossbar, he poked it in. But his third goal, man, he he blew by the defender. I think it was Marty Marinchin. And it's not that hard to blow by Marty Marinchin these days, but he blew by him and sniped it on Henry or Frederick Anderson for his hat-trick goal. And then he scored the shootout winning goal for the Habs to end their season off. And I think that they ended on a good note. Yeah, well, it's too bad that the Habs are missing out on the playoffs. I really want to see them um, beat Columbus or Carolina. I want to see them in one of those wildcard spots. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm kind of upset that they're not going to be there. I can't believe I'm saying that because I'm a Leafs fan, but <laughs> it would be nice to see another Canadian team there, you know? And For the Habs, sure. yeah. they put together a very surprising run this season. No one expected them to be as good as they were, right? Yep. So it would have been nice just to see them upset everyone and prove everyone wrong and then come out of nowhere and make playoffs. So I'm kind of upset that they're not going to be in the playoffs this year, but whatever, it is what it is. I mean, even if they did make the playoffs, I think they'd be up against the Lightning and might have been a quick series versus the Lightning, but... Yeah, I don't think they would have a chance either against the Lightning. I don't think anyone has a chance this year, and we'll talk about that later. But I, I think Ryan Paling is a lock for me, for sure, next year to make the Habs. Not because of this game, I think just because he's first-round pick in 2017, and he has a tremendous skill and tremendous speed that he's obviously showed in college and yesterday's game. And yeah, I think that puts him in a spot for next year to make the team. Yeah, I agree. Let's move on to some other news. Uh, Connor McDavid injured his leg last night in the Oilers' last tilt against the Calgary Flames. Uh, Dreisaitl also reached 50 goals, and he's the first Oiler to reach 50 goals since Wayne Gretzky and Yari Curry both did it in 1986 and 1987. In the 1986-1987 season. Yeah, uh, that was so bad what happened to McDavid. Again, another. Again, I compared Ryan Paling to him, but... McDavid's obviously way better, but he blew by Giordano, got tripped up. It's a fluke accident. Giordano didn't mean to do it, but he went into that net, and it reminded me when he did that, it reminded me of when Stamkos went into the net 
versus Boston, and he broke his Achilles. Yes, I think it was. I forgot and about that. Yeah, that was very similar play. You're right. It looked like oh man, when I saw he was down on the ground for five minutes, and I was like, "It's he, they're lucky this happened in the last game of the season because he has the summer to kill this injury off." Did if you it is see a big injury? Sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but did you see the video on Twitter of someone like, I guess, um, went back when they were watching the game last night and they recorded McDavid when he was lying on the ice when the trainer was giving him medical attention. You could see McDavid says it's broken. Like he's referring to his knee was broken or his leg was broken. So, yeah, I I think he knew something bad was happening and. Yeah, that that's honestly it's really bad, bad news. Yeah, because Hopefully. he's already been injured before with his shoulder, and now his yeah, leg. yeah. I I mean it's a different injury, right? But for sure, that just sucks. Best player, well, yeah, or I would say best player in the league is injured. Most exciting player for sure. And imagine if this happened at the beginning of the year, like hockey. Oh, that be would the just same. suck. The hockey Oilers would be, be even worse than they are. <laughs> yeah, honestly, <laughs> that's a. That's a huge injury, and again, lucky it happened in the last game of the season because he has a summer to rest it off, kill it off, whatever he needs to do. I would assume he's a month-to-month with a leg injury, but I think they're going to confirm today or tomorrow that in, in Edmonton that he's going back to four MRIs. So we'll, uh... I wouldn't be surprised. I'm checking my phone right now just to see if we've got an update on it yet, but nothing as of right now. So, Well, um... The next news of the day is actually a coach firing, but before I mention the coach that got fired this morning, I just got an update on my phone. Phil Housley has been relieved of his duties from the Buffalo Sabres. We did not put this in our notes because it literally just happened right now. I didn't I even get this phone. notification yet. Yeah, I got it from Sportsnet, so that's uh, also surprising because he's he was. I'm pretty sure Phil Housley was only there for. This season and last this season. This season. Uh, was he there? Yeah, I guess he was there last season too. He was yeah. there, yeah, for two seasons. And I don't think he did a horrible job, but the Buffalo Sabres went on a very cold stretch right after their 10-game winning streak that they had early in the year. Since the All-Star break, they didn't yeah, look very sure. good, right? Like, they were in a playoff spot, I'm pretty sure. And they were in a pretty solid position. And they just blew it. Didn't even make playoffs. So. <laughs> I I'm not arguing that far. I think. Whatever it is, what it is. I don't have much to like. We do. We both don't have much to say because we didn't put it in the notes because it just happened. But something we put in the notes: Bob Bugner was relieved of his duties this morning after two seasons behind the Florida Panthers bench. He had a 79, 62, and 22 record with the Panthers, but made zero playoff appearances. I don't think Bugner did a horrible job this year, but as explained by Dale, um, Dave, Dave Talon or Dale Talon, sorry, for GM, he did not meet expectations this year that they wanted to get to the playoffs. And if it wasn't for their horrible start at the beginning of the year, I think the Panthers would be definitely in the playoffs because they had a, after the All-Star game, they were on fire. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the Panthers' goal this season was obviously to make the playoffs. Like, that's basically every every team's goal, right? But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think he's done a good job there in, in Florida. He's, I'm kind of, shocked i guess at this firing uh it's only been two seasons that exactly. he's been with the panthers now he his record's decent it's not amazing it's a pretty good record um 79 62 and 22 as you mentioned but he's failed to make the playoffs right which is a big that's a big factor i guess in this firing so i'm not i'm surprised i guess but at the end of the day, now that I'm looking back at it, it kind of makes sense. The Panthers need to make playoffs, so. Yeah, and they're actually, I got another notification right now as well. They're actually eyeing Joel Quenville for the spot behind the Panthers bench. So we'll keep you updated on that through the offseason, as I don't think it'll happen right now, but it'll definitely maybe happen in the offseason when Joel Quenville behind the Florida Panthers bench, if he decides to take the job. So that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Other news. There was a bunch of awards that were awarded to a bunch of NHL players uh, as the season ended last night. Mm-hmm. Both the Islanders goalies, Robin Leonard and Thomas Grace, earned the William M. Jennings Award, which mm-hmm. is an award awarded to goalies with minimum 25 games played who allow 
the fewest goals against. They combined for 11 shutouts, 48 wins, and the fewest goals against with 196 goals against this season. They are the second Islander goalie duo to do this. Roland Melanson and Billy Smith were the only other Islander du duo to ever do this in the 1982 and 1983 season with 226 goals against. That's a huge difference in goals against. Mm -hmm. 226 goals against to 196, that's a 30-goal difference. And I think it kind of makes sense, right? Because back in the day, yeah, games were so much more high-scoring, right? And obviously the, the equipment and technology wasn't there, like didn't have uh, as much protection, I guess. Yeah, you're right, you're right. So I think that could be a factor of why. At goals um, against is so such a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Thomas, I don't know if you knew this, but the best duo to ever win this award was Corey Crawford and Ray Emery, rest in peace, yep. uh, in the 2012 and 2013 season with 102 goals against, which is very impressive. Martin Brodeur also single-handedly won this award in 2003, 2004, with the New Jersey Devils allowing uh, 164 goals against, which is the fewest amount of goals ever allowed by a player in a single season. So, um, yeah. obviously, the Islanders' goalies, Robin Leonard and Thomas Grace, are uh, they're with some good company now after winning I, this award. I think if you were to ask Robin Leonard and Thomas Grace about winning this award, I think the first thing they would say is team defense. The Islanders, I'm pretty sure, were the best team in goals against this year. And that has to do a lot with their new coach, Barry Trotz, who made this team make the playoffs and made their their goaltending duo winning winning the uh, William and Jennings Award. That has to do a lot with Trotz and the defense and obviously the two goaltenders who won the award. But as you mentioned about Corey Crawford and Ray Emery, that was in the shortened season, and they obviously allowed way more less goals than Robin Leonard and Thomas Grace did, not taking anything away from Corey Crawford and Ray Emery, but if it was a longer season, I'm pretty sure Robin Leonard and Thomas Grace would have snapped that record with Corey Crawford and Ray Emery holding it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think defense does have a big part to do with them winning this award, but they were outstanding this year. Oh, Eleven yeah. shutouts combined. Yeah. That's that's just amazing. Um, and yeah, like they were a big reason why the Islanders uh, made the playoffs this year. So good, good for them. Other news in the NHL awards: Kucherov, <laughs> not surprising, has won the Art Ross Trophy with 128 points. Ovechkin has won the Rocker Richard for the eighth time in his career. Pretty sure it's the eighth time. Yeah, and he. Recorded 51 goals this year. And Andre Vasilevsky has the most wins in the NHL this season with 39 wins. And I don't know if you've been following this, but it seems to me all those three players are Russian-born players in the National Hockey League who got these achievements, which is very good for Russian Hockey Federation. And it's very good if you're a, like, a fans of these teams. Yeah, Kucherov set a milestone as well and passed Alexander McGinley for former Leaf, by the way, for most points by a Russian-born player. McGinley mm -hmm. had the record, the original record with 127 points, and Kucherov just passed it with 128 points. Kucherov, <laughs> by the way, Kucherov and Tampa Bay had the same amount of points this season, which is pretty freaking cool, if you ask me. That's crazy. My God, Kucherov's been unreal this year. Like, we talk about him every week. He's on our hot list every week. And Basically, if not every week, every other week at least. Man, like, he just does things that's not of this world. And in the playoffs, my God, look look out for him. And then if, I get, if I get first pick tonight in our playoff pool, I'm taking Kucherov, I think. And that wouldn't, that wouldn't be a stupid pick at all because Kucherov is – Definitely the unanimous MVP of the NHL right now, if you were to say. And I just have a little stat on the, the goalie wins for Vasilevsky. So he recorded 39 wins this season. And this is the first time since 2010-11 where a goalie has not recorded 40 wins in a season. Really? So, yeah, it's the first time since 2010-11 
where a goalie has not recorded 40 wins. Dude, and Tampa Bay has won, like, how many freaking games this season, too? 62. Yeah, that's because, crazy. And that has to do with Vasilevsky being injured as well. Yeah, I know. I know that, but that's crazy, though. Yeah, I actually made that stat up by myself, and I actually researched it, so good on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, credits to you. And yeah, like you mentioned, the playoff pool is going to be tonight for us. And I could imagine gonna... many people are going to be having playoff pools tonight or tomorrow, probably. So Yeah, for sure. And then on Tuesday is going to be the draft lottery, April 9th, where obviously, if you don't know what the draft lottery is, where the bad teams in the NHL get to have the best odds at the best players in the draft. Yeah, the they, find out, draft. they find out when they're picking. So Yeah, and the best odds right now is... The Ottawa Senators, who traded their first overall pick last year for Matt Duchesne, and thus means Colorado has the best odds at winning the draft lottery. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, Colorado make made the playoffs, and they have a first-round pick. Or, sorry, they have a very good chance of getting a high pick in next year's draft. is pretty, pretty neat, if you ask me. I think they're in a good spot. Like that's It's got to be embarrassing on the Ottawa Senators in there. Their fans, they're gonna be watching the draft lottery for. It is, it is pick. a lottery though, right? So anything could happen. Colorado isn't guaranteed that first pick, but they, uh, yeah. they have a good shot, very good shot at getting a top three pick at least. Yeah, and then the top three, it's Ottawa, the Kings, and the Devils. I, I don't know. For some reason, I think the Kings might win the draft lottery. I don't know. I just see Jack Hughes going to the Los Angeles Kings at the draft. Uh, yeah. Anything could happen. I'm not saying it's not going to happen. We'll see. But, like, if, if Jack Hughes were to go to Colorado, I mean, like, any like the fans of the NHL would just bash on the Ottawa Senators forever because it's generational talent, apparently, in Jack Hughes going to the already good Colorado Avalanche team with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and all their young studs they still have coming up. And to add Jack Hughes to that <laughs> is just kind of embarrassing on Ottawa. And considering the fact that the Sens don't even have Matthew Shane right now and they got rid of that pick for him, kind of exactly. sucks, right? So, exactly. Yeah, that, that's kind of shitty for them. Anyways, this episode is brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Are you into prop betting or daily fantasy sports? Maybe both? I have some great news for you. Breakdownsports.com is partnering with a brand new company that combines daily fantasy sports with player props called Thrive Fantasy. It's really fun and the first of its kind. The way it works is you enter contests using your own lineup made of prop bets, and the more prop bets you guess correctly, the more points you get, which means the greater chance you have at winning money. If you deposit $10 now using our code BREAKDOWN, spelled B-R-K-D-W-N, or use the link found in our description, Fry Fantasy will match your deposit with free $10 credit. Use our link or code and try it out now. This is our playoff special episode, so let's get right into our playoff previews, Thomas. What do you say? Yep, I say we do it. Let's go. All right, let's start off in the Eastern Conference with the Tampa Bay Lightning, who finished first in the Atlantic – sorry, yeah, first in the Atlantic Division, who are going to be playing the Columbus Blue Jackets, who uh, finished second in the wild card. Tampa Bay has beat Columbus in their last six straight meetings over the course of, uh, I think it was three years. They played each other three times this season, and Tampa Bay won all three. They won 8-2 in Tampa Bay on October 13th. Um, they won 4-0 against Columbus at home on January 8th, and then they won in Columbus 5-1 on February 18th. And believe it or not, it's kind of crazy, but Columbus outshot the Lightning in all of those games. The first game... Back in October, they outshot them 32-31. to 31. Not too big of a deal, yeah, only one yeah. shot difference. But then on January 8th, Columbus outshot them 31-22. to 22. And then February 18th, Columbus outshot them 40-20, to 20, which is, like, wow. Like, I am I was mind-blown when I was looking at those stats. <laughs> Columbus outshot them pretty – like, there's a pretty significant difference in two of those games. And Tampa Bay killed them <laughs> in all three of those yeah. games. Tampa Bay outscored the Lightning 17-3 to in uh, that season series, so I was just mind-blown. I'm still – I can't believe that shit, man. Like I said, the Golden State Warriors of the NHL, man. 
That means that that game on February 18th, when, when um, Tampa beat Columbus in Columbus 5-1, to Tampa Bay only had 20 shots that game. They had a 25% shooting percentage. Yeah, That's crazy. So. For, in the NHL, that is crazy. That's ridiculous. That, that just shows how lethal Tampa Bay's offense is, I guess, right? So Yeah. And they're 21-3 and three versus Metropolitan teams this year, while Columbus is 13-10 and 10 and 1 versus Atlantic teams this year. I guess, do we want to predict who's going to win the series? or? Uh, it's a no-brainer for me, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay for me as well. And I'm not going to spoil my bracket right now, but I do see Tampa Bay going to the final this year. I I agree. I think I'm going to have Tampa Bay. I haven't made my bracket yet, but I think I'm going to have Tampa Bay going all the way too. I want to see them win a cup. So Let's move on to the next series. The Boston Bruins finished second at the in the Atlantic Division, who are going to be taking on our favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, who finished third in the Atlantic Division. Bruins beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 3-1 to in their season series. So the first game of the series would have been on November 10th. Uh, Toronto was in Boston, and Boston smoked them 5-1. to November 26th, the Bruins went to Toronto, and the Leafs beat them 4-2. to December 8th, Toronto went to Boston, and Boston beat them 6-3. to And then January 12th, Boston went to Toronto, and Boston beat them 3-2. to Thomas, what are your thoughts on this, on this series? I mean, it's hard to determine a playoff matchup for, like based on a season series, but obviously if you look at the season series, Boston has the upper hand on the Leafs going into the playoffs, and they obviously have the upper hand with home ice as well. I don't know how the series plays out. If we get the Leafs uh, after the All-Star break, if we get the Leafs form after the All-Star break, it's tough to not put the Bruins going through because the Leafs have been really, really bad. And the Boston Bruins have been missing key guys and winning games and starting their backup goalie, Yaroslav Vlak, not taking anything away from Yaroslav Vlak, but he's been a way better backup goalie than Garrett Sparks has for the Leafs this season. And I don't know how this series plays out, but I'm going to take the Leafs just because, not that, not that I'm a Leafs fan, but just for the fact that I think the Leafs will wake up during the playoffs. I think they'll realize what they did last year in Boston. They embarrassed themselves time after time in game one, two, and seven. And I think they're just going to wake up from this and Babcock is going to be on his players. And I think the star players are going to show up for the Leafs this time. So I'm going to take the Leafs. I want to start off by saying anyone that listens to this pod obviously knows that Thomas and I are both Leafs fan. Leaf fans, I mean. Um, but with all bias aside, I'm going to take Boston in this series because Boston always gives them a tough time in the playoffs. Uh, it's painful to think about. Mm-hmm. But Boston is a tougher team. I think they're going to intimidate the Leafs. Brad Marchand is just crazy in the playoffs. He always does stupid shit. I think he's going to try to get under the Leafs' skin, and I think it's going to work. I think the Leafs might take a couple stupid penalties. Um, and I, I just don't think that the Leafs are tough enough to and gritty enough to beat the Bruins in the series. I don't think they're going to be able to handle them, so I'm going to be taking Boston in the series. And I th- also think that the Bruins have a better goalie duo. I don't know if you disagree with me, Thomas. Uh, yeah, I'd probably agree that they have the better backup goalie for sure. Halak, yeah, I would say that the Leafs, Frederick Anderson is probably the best goalie in the series, I would say. Yeah, but if you're, like you're saying, if you're combining the duo, I think Boston has the better duo. Yeah, Halak and Rask, I think, are the better duo over Sparks and Anderson, in my opinion. Anderson hasn't been looking great either recently, so. Like, I could sit here and argue all day about the Leafs and whatnot and throw my bias in there, but like, they got to wake up. They got to do something to win a series against Boston. They haven't won a series versus Boston who knows how long. And they've had two attempts and got embarrassed in the game seven on those two attempts. And do they want to do that again? No. Do I want to see that again? No. But we're going to have to wait and see. I think this is going to be the best season. I mean, the best series in uh, this playoffs, this year's playoffs. So I'm excited for this series. Yeah. Anyways, that's enough talk about this series, I think. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the next one. The Washington Capitals 
finished first in the Metropolitan, and they're going to be playing the Carolina Hurricanes, who are uh, the second wild, sorry, the first wild card spot. Uh, these two teams have played each other four times this year, and Washington won every single game. <laughs> they met on December fourteenth. That was their first meeting. Washington went to Carolina, and they won six to five in shootout. Carolina went to Washington on December twenty seventh, and Washington beat them three to one. March twenty sixth, Carolina went to Washington again, and Washington beat them four to one. And then two days after that game, on March twenty eighth, it was a back to back for both teams. Washington went to Carolina, and Washington won three to two. Um, I think this series is a no brainer for me as well, Thomas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be taking the Caps over the Carolina Hurricanes. I think. This is probably, in my opinion, it's kind of an easy ride for the Capitals, I think. I think they, I th- in my opinion, I think they have the easiest ride through the first round out of any team in the playoffs. And I guess, like, one factor, like, I don't know if you are thinking this too, but one factor, obviously, is Carolina hasn't been here in a long time. And I wouldn't say their team is lucky to be in the playoffs, but with the roster they have, it's... It's pretty tremendous how they made the playoffs with the coach Rob uh, Brindamore coaching this team to get in the playoffs and Peter Mrazek as their starting goalie surprisingly has been really good for the Carolina Hurricanes this season but yeah I see the Washington Capitals beating the Carolina Hurricanes in this series I don't know if it's a quick one I would probably predict it in games I'd probably say five or six games I think Carolina I, I would say five I, I like that prediction five games I think five yeah. games is appropriate and I think Ovechkin's just going to go gun for that second cup. So, Sorry, I also wanted to add in the Carolina Hurricanes. I don't know if you like have seen on Twitter and everything, but they changed their profile picture to uh, Carolina Hurricanes Stanley Cup playoffs, um, like a profile picture. Yeah. Um, I think the Carolina Hurricanes kind of peaked, and that was their, their victory this season was just making the playoffs. No one expected them really to be there. So I, I think they peaked, and – that's it for them. Caps are gonna beat them, I think. <laughs> well, you're so. just gonna you're just gonna ruin their thunder right now. <laughs> well, that's just what I think. Anything can happen. It's playoffs, baby. I know. Uh, the next series that we want to talk about is the New York Islanders, who finished second in the Metropolitan Division, are gonna be taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins, who finished third in the Metropolitan. These teams split their regular season series two to two. Their first meeting was on October 30th when the Islanders went to Pittsburgh and the Islanders beat Penn 6-3, a very high-scoring game. And then a couple days after that, on November 1st, Pittsburgh went to New York, to Long Island, and New York beat them 3-2 in shootout. December 6th would have been their next meeting. The Islanders went to Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh smoked them 6-2. And then on December 10th, again a couple days after, Pittsburgh went to Long Island, and Pittsburgh beat the Islanders 2-1 to one in shootout. So that's two out of four games in their season series that went to shootout, Thomas. I think that this is going to be a very close season. Uh, see, I keep saying season. A very close series. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is going to go to Game 7, and I think we're in for a very good matchup between these two teams. I was actually going to say the same thing. I think that this this series is going to see a game six or game seven just by the fact of this season series. They've been close every game. I know I just said previously before about the Leafs in the season series doesn't play a huge factor. It does, but it doesn't, it doesn't opinionate me of saying the Leafs are going to win or lose. But the New York Islanders, the Pittsburgh Penguins are definitely the New York Islanders are definitely surprised to be in the Metropolitan in the second place spot over the Pittsburgh Penguins because Pittsburgh Penguins have been in the playoffs before and I would say are the better team all around. They've missed key guys in key situations this year, Malkin, Latang, Murray, and they just fought through. I think the Penguins win this series just based on the fact of experience and whatnot, but I don't know what you think. Yeah, I'm... Obviously, I already said, I think this is going to go to Game 7, and I think the Pens are going to beat the Islanders in Game 7 um, because the Penguins just simply have way more playoff experience. Yeah. Pens, um, they made the playoffs last 12 seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And they're 
their team hasn't really changed too much. Like, they have the guys that have been there yeah. forever, man. Like, Crosby, Malkin. Even Kessel's been there for a while now with Tang. Um, well, Matt Murray, obviously, hasn't been there as long as those guys. But he's still been there for the last few seasons. So, he's he's experienced in the playoffs as well. And I think, uh, yeah, the Pens just have more experience than the Isles. The Isles haven't made the playoffs since 2015 and 2016 season. So, uh, I just... I can't see the Islanders beating Pens. I also wanted to mention that these teams haven't played each other since December 10th, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that Pittsburgh, in my opinion, really turned their season around since then, especially since the uh, All-Star break. Yep. And I think they're just a lot better than their last meeting on December 10th. So I'm going to predict this series, Pittsburgh's taking it in seven games. So. Yeah, I agree. And... Obviously, yeah, we mentioned Pittsburgh has way more experience than the Islanders, but I, I'm not knocking on the Islanders on anything. I think this is going to be a really close series. So we'll I'm excited for this series. This is going to be one of my my most watched series in the playoffs, I think, other than the Leafs and the Bruins. Moving on to the Western Conference in the playoff format there, the Calgary Flames, who took the Western Conference title, are going to be playing the Colorado Avalanche in round one. The Flames swept the season series 3-0 versus the Avs. Uh, on October 13th, the Flames beat the Avs 3-2 in overtime. No- November 11th, 6-5 win for the Flames. And January 9th, 5-3 win for the Flames. It's a sweep, but I don't think the series is going to be a sweep at all. Uh, just based on the fact that the Avalanche top line is going to be formed back together, hopefully. I think they're deadly in the playoffs. And they gave Nashville a run for the money last year. And they might give Calgary a run for the money this year. You think Calgary is going to take that series? I think Calgary Colorado. Takes, I think Calgary takes the series just because I don't think like this Cinderella story is done yet. I don't think they just go win the conference to get out in round one. I don't. I don't see that happening. The only reason that I could see that happening is the goalie duo, but I don't think it's as bad as people think because yeah, David Rick doesn't have experience, but. I mean, look at all the other goalies that have had no experience and stepped in the playoffs fine. Matt Murray. And then in another series we're going to be covering, Jordan Bennington stepping in the playoffs for the first time. I don't know. I don't see Calgary getting on the first round, and I see them winning this round against Avalanche. I agree with that. I think Calgary's going to take that series as well. And I, I've seen on Twitter that there's speculations about Mike Smith starting over Ridge in the first game. Yeah, I, I don't that. know if that if that's confirmed or not. I'm not 100% sure about that. Even if Mike Smith is starting over Riddich, I I have confidence in Mike Smith. I think his his career numbers are pretty good. Um, but Riddich, even if Riddich does end up starting in that first game, like you said, we've seen so many young goalies come out of nowhere. No one really, I mean, people obviously know who uh, David Riddich is, but we've seen so many young goalies take over in the playoffs and just kind of go off and and do really well, right? So I think. If Mike Smith's in net or Riddich, doesn't matter. I think Flames are taking this series despite Colorado's heavy offense. I think Calgary also has a, a better lineup, in my opinion. I think they have more depth, and I think depth gets you far in the playoffs. So I'm saying Flames. Yeah, and I'm just going to mention something quickly. Like You're not just going to have a bunch of players having career years and get bounced in round one. Like I think they're just more hungrier for more success because – the Calgary Flames got swept the last time they made the playoffs versus the Anaheim Ducks. And then the last time they made the playoffs before that in 2015, they got bounced by the Anaheim Ducks in round two. I don't know if the Flames have it all to make a cup run and go to the finals, but I definitely see them making it over the Colorado Avalanche farther. And like I said before, you're not going to have a bunch of guys just have career years and a Norris Trophy year by Giordano and an MVP caliber season like Johnny Goudreau is having and just get bounced out in round one. I don't think that's possible. Yeah, you definitely made some good points there, I think. And I, I completely agree with that. Uh, one thing that we didn't mention was uh, how many games we think this series is going to go to. And I think it's going to I think it's gonna hit six games. I think Flames take in six as well. Uh, we, we have some pretty uh, similar predictions. Mm-hmm. So move on to the next series yeah so another pacific division matchup is going to be the san jose sharks taking on the vegas golden knights uh both of these teams tied the series at two apiece and in the first matchup the san jose sharks 
Oh, sorry. The Vegas Golden Knights beat the Sharks on November 24th, 6-0. January 10th, the San Jose Sharks won 3-2. March 18th, Vegas won 7-3. And March 30th, the San Jose Sharks won 4-3 in overtime. I think this is going to be a very entertaining series with all the big physicality they have and the skill in this series is going to be showed. I This is, again, we talked about this before the podcast. I think this is a series where I'm still undecided and have to wait last minute until to pick, to pick the winner. I agree. I'm undecided as well in this one. The one thing that you notice, though, looking back at those games that uh, when these two teams met this season, every time the Vegas Golden Knights have beat the Sharks, they absolutely destroyed them. 6 yeah, nothing on yeah. November 20th and 7-3 to on March 18th. Those are just blowouts. San Jose, every time that they've beaten the Vegas Golden Knights, it's, a close um, yeah. it's always close, right? Like 3-2 on January 10th and then 4-3 overtime win for San Jose on March 30th. Those are very close victories. I, I was undecided, but I think... I, I really believe the Vegas Golden Knights are going to beat San Jose as much as I want. I know we've talked about this before on the pod of um, our top teams that we want to see win the cup this year. I really do want to see the San Jose Sharks win the cup this year. I really want Jumbo Joe to win a cup finally, but I just don't see it happening, especially because they're playing Vegas in the first round. Well, part of the reason why people also aren't picking the Sharks to go far is because they've been horrible down the stretch and Martin Jones hasn't been an NHL caliber goalie down the stretch. He's been really bad, but his record doesn't show up because obviously the team record is good, but his goalie stats are horrible. And I, I wrote that in an article about the Pacific division preview that should be up soon. And like you said before, Vegas has blown them out in two games and San Jose's been in two games very closely. That's why I'm undecided as well, because maybe it's just an off night for San Jose and maybe they just work harder at home or away from the SAP Center. And I'm still undecided. I can't say who's going to predict the series, but I can't, I think it's going to go to Game 7. That's a bold prediction, I think. I'm going to say I already obviously picked Vegas beating San Jose, but I, I'm going to say it's going to go to Game 6, I think. Uh, I think it all games in this series, I think, are going to be pretty close. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look at the San Jose Sharks' defense, they're very solid, I think, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, they have easily, they have three guys, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, and Mark Edward Vlasic, who they could all be on the first D pairing, I think. On any other team, um, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, on any other team, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I think that the Sharks are going to, uh, like, play a very defensive-minded hockey, maybe, against – Vegas Golden Knights and try to shut their offense down. That's why I think um, even though the Vegas Golden Knights are going to, well, I think are going to beat the San Jose Sharks, I think it's going to be a close series, and that's why I'm predicting six games. And I'm just going to do a quick mention. You're not just going to acquire a guy like Eric Carlson if you don't believe your team has a chance for the Stanley Cup in the offseason. That's the GM, Doug Wilson. You're just not going to get a guy like Eric Carlson who has an expiring contract to just make the playoffs. You're going for the cup. And that move definitely makes them a cup contender in that sense. Like I said, and especially, yeah. sorry, I was going to say, especially acquiring uh, Gustav Nyquist at that the deadline. Mm-hmm. He's playing on the first line right now, right? With Thomas Hurdle and Evander Kane. So that's another acquisition that shows that they're, they're in it to win it, right? Yeah, they got a lot of experience and guys in their prime right now, the San Jose Sharks do. I'm... They're going to have to battle a lot because Vegas is not an easy team to play against. And if you get caught down in games, they're just going to keep piling the goals, especially with a struggling Martin Jones. So, yeah, I don't know who's going to win the series, but we'll move on to the next because I know who's going to win the series in this one. And it's the Nashville Predators versus the Dallas Stars. Nashville won the season series 3-2 versus the Stars, so they played five games. That's a lot. That's the most... That's the biggest sample size that we've seen from the regular season out of any other series so far. Yes, and November 10th, 5-2 overtime win for Nashville. December 27th, 2-0 win for Dallas. February 2nd, 3-1 win for Dallas. February 7th, 3-2 overtime win for Nashville. February 19th, 5-3 win for Nashville. Pretty close games here we have to determine who's going to win the series. 
Nashville's the higher seed. Dallas is the lower seed. I'm taking Nashville. See, I I think this is going to be closer than you're predicting, Thomas. How many games are you predicting this in? No, I'm not saying it's going to be a, like a uh, – Oh, it's not going to be like a walk in the park kind of thing? No, See, I don't think I, so I think, I think this is going to be a pretty good series too. I think this is also going to go to six games because I, I'm going to take the Nashville Predators. I think they're going to beat Dallas, obviously, just because simply I think they're the better team at the end of the day if you look at their lineups. But Dallas is hungry. We haven't seen them in the playoffs since 2015-2016 season. And especially since um, I think it was their owner. Remember when he made those uh, those yeah, yeah, comments, yeah. Mm-hmm. like kind of ripping on Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. Yes. Uh, and saying how like they, I don't remember exactly what he said. I think he was just saying that they weren't like performing up to their standards or something. But mm-hmm. they're gonna be freaking hungry, dude. I think so. I think they're gonna put Nashville up. Um, they're gonna give them a run for their money. I think. Uh, and. I also think a big factor in this series of why I think Nashville is going to beat Dallas is because Mark Mathot and Martin Hansel are uh, injured right now. Uh, I think those are some like death players that definitely are going to hurt Dallas. And they acquired guys like Mark, Matt Zuccarello and Andrew Cogliano. And the Dallas Stars, yes, you said they're, they're hungry because Jamie Benn's not having a great year. And Tyler Sagan is but could be doing a lot more better. Radulov's having a good year. Like you said, they're going to be hungry for a playoff win. And Tyler Sagan didn't... I think he only played like two or three games last time the Stars made the playoffs, so he's definitely going to be hungry for some playoff wins. I think it's a close series, but I'd take Nashville in six. I also think another factor in this series is going to be playoff experience, and obviously Nashville has that upper hand, right, with experience. We've seen them in the last four years they've made the playoffs, so... Uh, yeah, like Nashville in six for me. That's what I'm saying. Another series, and it's the last series we'll be talking about in this long episode of the N10 Puck Talk podcast. The Winnipeg Jets will be battling the St. Louis Blues. The Jets won the season series 3-1. On October 4th, the, the Winnipeg Jets beat the Blues 5-1. October 22nd, 5-4 win again, overtime win for the Winnipeg Jets. November 24th, 8-4 win for the Winnipeg Jets, and December 7th, 1-0 win for the St. Louis Blues. These two teams have not played each other in 2019, and at the time, one team was struggling a lot, and that's the St. Louis Blues, and one team was doing very, very good, and that's the Winnipeg Jets. Those roles have now been been reversed since since they last played each other. The Blues are hot. And the Winnipeg Jets are struggling. So we will wait and see what happens there. And again, I'm, another series I'm not decided on, but what do you think, Flager? I'm undecided on this one, man. Like, this is what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to go to Game 7. And I think the team with the home ice be, advantage, with, which yeah. is Winnipeg in this situation, is going to um, win this series, I think, because their fans there – I think they call it like the whiteout crowd or something in the yeah. playoffs, right? They are insane. They're probably some of the biggest hockey fans in the world. And I just – I think Winnipeg's going to take this series, I think, even though I – I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. Because it's very is also a very it's good tough. team as well, right? That's why I'm predicting seven games, though, because they're both very good teams. Right now, Colton Pareko is day-to-day with uh, – an undisclosed injury i'm pretty sure but uh he should be back i would assume for the first game of the series and um tanev for the winnipeg jets is also injured with a finger injury he's day-to-day as well but he should probably be back for uh first game of the series as well i would i would assume i'm not 100 percent sure i know tanev's a pretty big depth player on that roster i think he plays on the third line but yeah, like yeah. Th- these teams are, they're similar. If you look at their lineups, Very I think similar. they're similar teams. They play a similar playing style. Um, I, I, I really think the Jets are going to take it in seven, though. To think that the St. Louis Blues were in last place in the Western Conference, I'm pretty sure the last place in the Western Conference on January 3rd is very shocking to me because 
they've made and put together a stretch of wins since then and are second or third place in that division, which is crazy because they jumped over a lot of teams to get to where they are. People can say Jordan Bennington is lucky. People can say they're playing way too, way more better than they expected. But I expected the Blues to be in the playoffs. And when they weren't in the playoffs and they were last in the Western Conference, it was very surprising. We, we don't know what we're going to see from the St. Louis Blues in the playoffs because we don't know what we're going to get. Are we going to get the good Blues? Are we going to get the bad Blues? Like No one knows because it's playoff hockey. Anything can happen. And we don't know if we're going to get the good Jets or the bad Jets. We don't know if Patrick Lanny is going to score a crap ton of goals or Mark Scheife is going to play really good. <laughs> That's why I'm undecided. We don't know what we're going to get. Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, they're very unpredictable teams. I get what you're saying. Like, they go through hot streaks and they both go through cold streaks. So, that's why it's tough to pick this series. I, I can see where you're coming from on that. The only reason why I would pick the St. Louis Blues in this series is because of the stretch that the Jets have been on in lately. They haven't been amazing, and the acquisition of Kevin Hayes was unbelievable. I think he's really, really good. But the, the Jets should be doing a lot better. Like A lot of players have slowed down point production-wise. Like Talking about Patrick Laine. He only has 30 goals this year, and he's in a contract year. He had 44 last year, and now he has 30. I just don't... He scored five against the Blues in one of these games. I think it was the the 8-4 win on, 20, on November 24th. He scored five goals. And what has he done since then? Not a whole lot. So that's why I'm very undecided. I don't know who's going to win. I don't know what teams are going to show up. So undecided on that one. But I think it goes far game 6-7. Yeah, the... Um... What was I going to say? Sorry, the uh, Winnipeg Jets, you're right. They they haven't ended the season on a, a high note, that's for sure. They uh, In their last 10 games at the end of the season there, they were 4-5-1. Five, five, and one. Um, But their last four games, though, were all on the road. They played in Chicago, Minnesota, Colorado, and Arizona, all on the road, right? They ended up mm-hmm. splitting that road trip to two wins to two losses. But they're not they weren't looking good at the end of the season there, I agree. And they they didn't really have um like steady point producers throughout the season. So I st- I still think though that home ice advantage will play a part in this series and the Winnipeg Jets are gonna get that boost and beat St. Louis, so we shall see. And another thing that we shall see is the Battle of the Buds. Are we gonna continue this in the playoffs, Flager? We are going to continue this in the playoffs. Well, this is what we're going to do. Um, actually, first, let's read our results, Thomas. This past yeah. week, I went 3-0, and and Thomas went 2-1. and Basically, what had to happen was Thomas had to win, win all yeah. three of his games this week, and I had to lose at least one in order for Thomas to tie up our records. Um, that didn't happen. I ended up winning bat- the regular season battle, the Buds, with a 15 and three record, and Thomas ended off with a 13 and five record, which means that Thomas, you're gonna be uh, paying for my fantasy hockey pool entry next season. So I will yes. for that. Yeah, that's. But here's what's gonna happen with the playoffs. We're gonna do a playoff battle of the bud segment, and what we're gonna do is we're both gonna make our playoff brackets, and we don't actually have our playoff brackets made yet. We are going to update you on Twitter, so keep an eye out for that before the playoffs start this week. Yeah, uh, definitely pay attention to Twitter as we'll be posting our brackets very, very soon. And I'm actually going to do a lot more advertising for the, the company and for myself for my playoff predictions because I don't do a whole lot of that. I do do retweet, but I do not ca- comment or anything, so I'm going to start doing that a lot more during the playoffs. Because I think it's going to be a very, very good Stanley Cup playoffs this year. Especially with all the talent that's in the playoffs. Uh, Yeah, I'll be paying for your buy-in next year. So you must be happy about that. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked about that. But we do not know the punishment yet for the playoff pool. Yes, that was the other thing that I forgot to mention. Um, In our playoff Battle of the Bud segment, we are trying to brainstorm a punishment right now. So if you listen to our podcast and you made it this far and you think that you have a good idea for yeah. punishment for the loser of this Battle of the Buds segment, 
just like reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and let us know. Honestly, we will, yeah. By next week, our next episode, we'll have something thought of and we will announce it on our next episode. Are you looking to sign up with the online sports book for the first time or just looking to place bets through an online sports book? The Breakdown has you covered. Check out mybookie.ag and use our code BRKDWN. Again, BRKDWN. And you will get a 50% off bonus on your deposit up to $100. That means if you deposit $100 using our code, you get $50 free. Again, use our code BRKDWN on MyBookie now. Yeah, and a quick mention of that. We're looking to release podcasts twice a week during this playoffs if we are allowed because I think people want... People are going to want more playoff coverage, I think. And it's difficult. Like, there's a game every single night in the playoffs, right? And teams are playing every other day. So that's why we are going to... uh, be releasing episodes twice a week because we want to we want to cover as much as we can in the playoffs so keep an eye out for that and thomas i think we're kind of out of time so let's just wrap things up here quickly if you guys want more uh playoff coverage we're the whole nhl team is going to be um producing these playoff uh like coverage articles yep. starting to, they'll be out tomorrow um or tuesday before the playoffs actually start so keep an eye out for that. And we still – MLB season is in full effect now, so we have lots of MLB content coming out on our website. Locker is also in season right now. Yeah, so we're kind of running out of time here, Thomas. Let's just wrap things up quickly. If you all want to uh, read up more on playoff previews, the whole NHL team is going to be producing playoff preview articles coming out starting tomorrow and Tuesday before the playoffs actually start. So keep an eye out for those on our website. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at The Breakdown Sports because we are going to be uh, tweeting a lot about the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's our favorite time of the year. I hope it's your favorite time of the year. Um, and, yeah, just keep out, keep an eye out on our website and on Twitter for a ton of other sports content. We're in the prime of sports right now. We have NBA playoffs coming up. Obviously, NHL playoffs are are uh, here. Um, MLB is in full effect. Soccer is in full effect. We have content on our, our website covering all these sports and much, much more. So check out our website if you haven't already. TheBreakdownSports.com Yeah, and I think that's... You said it perfectly, Flager. So thank you all to for staying, staying tuned in this long episode, but it was well worth it because we talked about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.